This is a Soulfire production. I cannot tell you how excited I am to release today's episode. I have been patiently awaiting this interview with my friend, Timothy Brainerd. And let me tell you how I first met him. So a lot of you who have been following along my journey know I have my background as a nutritional therapy practitioner and worked as a holistic nutritionist for a while and had my own health journey and have tried all the different diets and know all the different biohacks. And I know a lot about working on the 3D plane. And then I got led down this more energetic path when it came to healing my physical body. And along that path, you know, there's energy work, there's brain rewiring, intuition, and and different systems, including human design. And I kept really feeling guided to follow the uh, dietary regimen according to human design. I became really interested by this idea. And what's cool with, with human design is, I mean, the idea is that, you know, we're energetic beings. And so the question is, how do we optimally work with energies around us and digestively how do we how do we make sure that we are able to really absorb take in the nutrients from energy including food and this was fascinating to me because i always struggled with poor absorption even when all my labs are coming back clean and you know it didn't make any logical sense i'm eating a really nutrient dense diet and then i fell down this path of learning about my type, which is cold thirst. And I became obsessed as I do. We know (laughs) once I get interested in something, I become obsessed. I went deep down all the rabbit holes and it was so hard to find really any other information about this. And then I found, and then I found Timothy and I found some of Tim's like masterclasses essentially on this topic. And I had never heard anybody talk about dietary regimen this way. And, and just all of the individuality and the way he explained it. And I was just so, so excited to dive into it. And I booked a session with him and it was truly incredible. And I was like, I have to have you on the podcast. And he does a lot of different work now, which we're going to dive into, but just his approach is so fascinating to me and so unique. And I really feel like, you know, if you're listening to the show, you're probably (laughs) similar to me and you're going to find this really, really interesting. And I was thinking about how do I even describe Tim? And so we we have every guest send in a bio. And I think that his bio that he sent in is the best bio I've ever seen, ever. (laughs) In over 500 episodes, it says, Timothy Brainerd is a full-time human being. His work is dedicated to the development of elegance and authenticity as sustainable ways of being in life. I mean, how perfect is that? You know, human design was one of the systems that he's been trained in. But as he explains in the show, you know, there's many other systems he he has learned deeply about and he has developed his own, I wouldn't even call them processes. I don't even know what word I want to use. He's developed his own expressions of how to support people in aligning with their own unique authenticity So instead of mapping it out as like, you know, here's the chart and follow this, it is cultivating the skill set to know exactly how to live in alignment 
yourself. I'm excited to dive into more of Tim's offerings personally. I just love chatting with him. And I uh, recently just signed up for the body keys, which he'll explain in this episode. But just trust me, you're going to absolutely love this conversation. In the episode, there are a few documents that he mentions. And also, you know, towards the end, I was asking about some dietary notes from a human design perspective for each energy type. And instead of getting into it, he kind of put some of those notes together into a document, which is so generous of him. But these different links and documents, you can get access to through the link below. So we just set up a link and it'll be below, like a YouTube video, thinking YouTube. It'll be in the show notes. You know what I'm saying? It'll be in the show notes. You can click the link to uh, get all of all of these notes that he so generously offered to provide. So that will be packaged nicely and you can just go there in the show notes. I know you are all going to want to connect with Tim further and you can find him on Instagram at Timothy Brainerd and on his website, which I would just go straight there, timothybrainerd.com. All of those links will be in the show notes. Before we jump in, I just want to remind you that the Channel Collective is going to be closing enrollment tomorrow. The Channel Collective is my monthly membership that is jam-packed with all of the tools that I use personally and recommend my clients use to keep their frequency high, to manifest what they want, to open up their intuition. It's your daily spiritual, personal development, growth, maintenance. It is my most extensive offering, probably my most valuable and also my least expensive because I really want to make this accessible for people. And there are different tiers depending on what you want to step into. But the Channel Collective includes a huge library of resources with a library of meditations, daily energetic practices and invocations, trainings on manifestation, brain rewiring, intuition, all of my exclusive channeled messages. There are resources on health and wellness. It's an endless resource library and it's outlined for you how to use it so you can really be consistent with some of these practices to keep your frequency high. And then we also have monthly Q&A calls where you can ask any questions, monthly manifestation calls, which are so fun. We talk about all things manifestation and do a meditation and hang out. Then we have monthly a high 70 energy healing sessions. And that monthly energy healing session is worth the price of the membership in itself. These are all of the things that you know, I've set, I've set this container up to really get people optimal results if they fully step into it and utilize it. And that energy session is every month is, is so, so helpful. Plus you get access to the incredible community. We really are like family. It is so much fun. Those calls are my favorite part of the month. And with consistency, like if you show up to this, it works. We have had some incredible manifestations. We have had members recently. What am I thinking about? Uh, a couple of houses. We've gotten some proposals. We have attracted in many partners, uh, some pregnancies, despite being told can't get pregnant. Isn't that interesting how that happens? Money. I mean, some wild manifestation stories that, I mean, I, I it never ceases to amaze me. Checks for $50,000, checks for $100,000. You're not even going to believe this. I have, I have the audio recording from this client. Somebody, you're not even going to believe this. Somebody, one of one of the members reached out to me. She said, you're not going to believe this, Christina. I just manifested a loan for $1.3 million. She, she was like in disbelief. I was in disbelief. She's like, I've literally been using everything that you teach in this membership and it works. 
And I just love seeing what people manifest. It's so incredible and it really is such a high frequency container. So if you want to step into this, the last day is going to be Friday the 25th. You can go to christinathechannel.com slash membership to learn more, to check out the different tiers and everything that's included. All right, that is my big update for you this time. And now it's time to hop into this amazing conversation. So sit back and enjoy this chat with my amazing friend, Tim Brainerd. So uh, to start off the podcast, I like to ask every guest a few questions to get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? Oh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're easy. Okay. First is what is your morning ritual? How do you like to start your day? Oh my, I have a very precise morning ritual. Love this. <laughs> first thing every morning, I begin by oil pulling and I set my timer for 20 minutes. I get some good high quality organic coconut oil and I swish for 20 minutes. While I do this, I prepare my coffee, which is its own ritual. It's hand ground from fresh, single origin, uh, carefully sourced beans. And, uh, and I get the water boiling and then I go and prepare my bed, which is a Japanese futon. So it folds up and becomes like a couch. And, um, I'm moving through this whole sequence bit by bit. By the time all of this is done, the water is about ready. I prepare my tea and I jettison the old, uh, coconut oil there. I drink, um, two, two little shot glasses of, um, aloe vera, again, a very special sort of aloe vera. Um, by a brand called St. George's for anyone who's into that sort of thing. And then I sit with my coffee and I spend an hour or two um, reading and journaling and interacting with crystals or whatever it is that's inspiring me in that moment. So I call those my poetic moments of the day. Wow. I love that. Mine's actually very similar minus, minus the futon. And I add a little walk in there as well, but I, I oil pull and I make my coffee and then I spend an hour or two journaling, pulling cards, meditating, yeah. connecting. Nice. So okay. I twins. love that. Yeah. We're twins. We're twins. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So next is we already mentioned one with the, the aloe vera, but what's a product you're really into right now? You're really enjoying. It could be um, a food product. It could be a beverage. It could be a skincare. It could be a book, anything physical that you're really liking. Hmm. Okay. There are two things. One of them is crystals. And we'll talk a lot about crystals, I think in our conversation, but it's not a brand and I would like to be able to promote a brand. So I'm going to come over to the second thing, which is a, uh, a special deck of cards called the Terra Oracle deck. Are you familiar with it? No, gorgeous. but I should be. Oh yeah. It's gorgeous. Anyone viewing this is going to benefit from mm -hmm. interacting with this deck. It's, it's animals. And it's the descriptions of these animals, the messages that they carry um, are just the best that I've found yet. And all of the artwork is hand-drawn from scratch by genuine artists. I mean, none of it is copy-paste artistry. It's a legit deck. So yeah, Terra Oracle. Deck. Okay. Do you know, do you know who the deck is by? Is that's the, that's the brand actually. That's oh, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Well, I'll have to look it up. The, the names of the two authors and um, artists but look up Terra Oracle deck and you'll find it. Okay, perfect. I feel like I just manifested that because I, uh, this morning I was like, I need a new deck. Here <laughs> so, it is. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for that. Awesome. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, perfect. Next is 
I mean, this is your cup of tea. So any astrology information and then human design type. Oh, why? Let's see. Uh, Astrology information. So I'm a Taurus and I don't want to go too deep into any of this, but I'll say I'm a Taurus sun, um, Libra moon and uh, Gemini rising. And I am a two five projector. Although I have to say that I do not personally label myself with any of these terms. So when I say I am a two five projector, a part of me is cringing. Mm. <laughs> I am Kim. One way that I enjoy uh, viewing myself is through mm-hmm. that lens. The two five uh, self projected projector for you human design nerds out there. Okay, there we go. Self projected projector and digestive type. Oh, my digestive type is uh, a color one digestive type. It's known as consecutive. There we consecutive go. Appetite. Yes. That's what it's called. And I can't wait to get into that with you. <laughs> okay, perfect. And then next, which will lead us into our larger conversation. What is a topic you're really interested in right now? What are you exploring, pondering, thinking about, nerding, nerding out about right now? My goodness. There is no short way to answer that question. The reality is that everything in my life, personally and professionally, is in transition. It's shifting as we speak. So after many, many years of kind of growing these deep roots into systems like human design and the Gene Keys, um, a transition is occurring, which is leading me into what comes next. And uh, what comes next is, is springing out of me as invention, which is to say that I am what I'm excited about these days is not anything coming from the outside in. It's the result of, you know, decades of outside in materials gestating and delivering something new. And so the body keys were the first expression of this, the first system that I designed. Uh, and there are more, the forgotten sense was just brought, um, made alive, released a few months ago. Uh, the crystal self experience is enormous. It's unlike anything I've ever seen certainly unlike anything I've ever created. I'm very excited about that. And the first wave of that actually launches on Friday. So um, yeah, in two days. And there's more. I'm designing a course uh, called Original Human. And it's all about uh, proactively cultivating four primary states by means of four primary skills that we can actually integrate into our everyday experience. So what I've been nerding out about is essentially this movement, this, this migration from the conceptual realm that a lot of these systems tend to kind of get lost in human design being a primary example of this and taking all of this energy that we've spent up here and bringing it down into very literally our feet. Mm. And so uh, everything I'm designing these days is about that migration coming back into the body, literally returning to what is our natural way of being in life. That's what I'm excited about. Well, I love that. I think we can all use a little more application. Um, I'm curious about this crystal self experience, what exactly is, is that entail? What is, tell us more. Okay, gladly. Crystal self is one of my proudest achievements. It's a 12-week expedition for a total of five people per wave. And it, what it is, is actually this journey that follows through the entire hero's journey story arc in sequence. Along the way, we discover each week uh, for 12 weeks, we discover a new position on a numerological blueprint. Now this blueprint is drafted using a very special form of numerology called mystical numerology, numerology, which is based on the research of my friend, John Pearson. It's one of these systems that no one's heard of. Like, 
Like it's from nowhere, but after years of studying numerology, it's the single system that I actually depend on for my own self-development. So every step of this journey illuminates a new numerological context and frequency that guides us to, um, tarot archetypes that coordinate with that frequency, mineral allies that coordinate with that frequency. Every position has an animal totem or an animal ally that supports that whole context. And the whole thing is mapped to the Native American medicine wheel with all of its specific contexts. So here in the crystal self experience, you have literally in each position in each week that we meet faceted, uh, a faceted moment of discovery that plays out over the course of that week. And it's, it's synthesizing systems that have never come together before animals, crystals, numbers. Uh, it's all happening all at once. So I've actually been living the crystal self experience myself for a long time. And now it's, it's a real thing for me to share. And that's really exciting. So anyone interested in that, it's on my website. Now it's live. Um, the second wave will be launching soon. Wow. That sounds incredible. That's a true experience. Like I, I love that when people are bringing together these different systems and that's something for me. Um, I wish there was more cohesion because it's like, I get different bits that are really valuable for myself from these different, uh, like for me, I mean, human design, numerology, astrology, uh, but I always kind of feel like there's a piece missing from any single one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because it's never about the one. Mm -hmm. It's about you are the one and you are going to interact with and gain value from many, many things. And what I will say is that all of this crystal self is a beautiful example of it. In my experience was all random, random. All of these years spent just kind of like enjoying, savoring all of these different teachers whether it was totem animals or rocks, it didn't matter all these different teachers. And then it all came together like this. Honestly, when the crystal self came together, I didn't build it. It built itself through me and it all happened in a period of maybe two days. All I had to do from that point was present it. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I get that. I wrote my book in two days. <laughs> there you go. Came through. Just yeah. came through. So cool. Well, what is, what is the difference between you said, is it, was it mystical or mythical mystical numerology? Mystical numerology. What is the difference between that and just regular numerology? My goodness, believe it or not, it's completely different. So okay. numerology is based on the Native American medicine wheel. And what it, one of the first things that it does is it distinguishes between vowels and consonants with the understanding that vowels carry life force. So the vowels themselves actually do not get numerological values at all. And all of the calculations occur as a result of the frame or expression of a word or a name that contains the breath of life, which is found in the vowels. So, so my name, Timothy, we would actually remove the I, the O and the Y because those sounds have their own value and it's not numerological, it's vibrational. It's a separate expression. And then the consonants would be calculated. So the calculation is completely different from any form of numerology. And as if that wasn't interesting enough, the uh, birth date and uh, all, all of the date calculations are actually calculated using a Mayan calendar of 13 months. So, so a typical birth date, typical date would first have to be in this context, um, you'd have to find the appropriate date within this Mayan calendar. Very fascinating stuff. So what I really like about John's work as well is that it's fully rooted in the research. 
which is to say that he found all of this over time in the way that he did, and then backed into it with just, I mean, so much research. And, and the actual frequency expressions of these numbers is not something that he derived from a tradition. He derived it from the calculations over time. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of readings and just years and years worth of research that create what is this system. I am so excited to announce that my new book, Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, is officially available for purchase right now. This book is a really comprehensive guide to manifestation and how the energetics of attraction really work. It is the perfect resource if you are ready to really learn how to raise your frequency, become truly magnetic, and make manifestation your lifestyle. If you really want to understand how manifestation works, I highly recommend checking out this book. The book is a completely channeled text and is super activating, so only get your hands on it if you are ready to truly shift your life. As always, I am so grateful for all of your support during this launch. The way that this community has supported me, it truly, truly means the world, and I really couldn't have done this without you, so thank you so much for that. And as an extra thank you for anybody who leaves a review for the book on Amazon, you can submit that at manifestationmasterybook.com and get a free bonus chapter that goes along with the book that no one else has access to. So if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on this book, Manifestation Mastery, and if you want that free bonus chapter, just head to manifestationmasterybook.com and you can find all of the information there. You can head straight to Amazon to find the book as well. When you get it, be sure to tag me on social media at Christina the channel so that I can see that you're reading it. I can see which parts you are loving and I can repost you and say thank you so much for supporting me with this book. And if it does resonate with you, tell everybody you know. Let's spread the love. Let's spread the high vibes, all of the manifestation magic. That is my goal with this book. So again, all information you can find at manifestationmasterybook.com. And I can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Would the information that comes forward be different than, I guess, standard numerology? And like, I guess my question is, then why does standard numerology like seem to be so accurate if we're going off a different calendar? Well, this is a question that, that has really bugged me. Well, <laughs> it doesn't anymore, but for the longest time it did. My search was for the correct system. And there's, there's a precision in me and a perfectionist in me that really won't stop until he finds the, the one. And that's easy enough to do when we're talking about aloe vera or something where it's like, you can literally find the best, the best brand, the best sourcing, the best people behind it, all of these things, right? But something like numerology, which has roots extending back indefinitely, essentially, it starts to become more challenging. And what I can tell you is this, after having studied every, literally every form of numerology that I could find, um, I found that they all speak. And there is no such thing as a right one or a wrong one. And the fact of the matter is that if each of us as individuals is open to being spoken to, if we're open to receiving from life in this way, you could, you could go talk to a slab of concrete and learn something, right? This is true. So, so I actually have found that my numerological uh, totals, regardless of system, speak to me. Having said that, exploring all the different variations, the one that it, for me has 
become most resonant and, and prominently so is this one, which is why I've kind of set everything to rest. I have a bookshelf full of the books I'm not using, but there's only one that I reference daily now. Mm. Well, am I going to bore you if I ask you about human design things? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I haven't even heard of that before. So, I mean, are there books about it or how do people start learning about it? There is, uh, there's a book called mystical numerology. Um, and it's by John Pearson. Uh, the, the science of sound and number that's not quite it. It's something like that though. Mm -hmm. You'll find it. One problem though, is that it's out of stock everywhere. And that's partially <laughs> my fault because I've been buying it and gifting it to people so much that the original publisher that supply has run out. So, uh, I've actually been in contact with John just in the past week, and he's working with a new publisher for a whole new reprint. So it's going to be hard to find. Honestly, the only place you're going to find it right now is either through, um, if you go to John's website, which is, um, if you type in mystical numerology, you'll find your way there or through the crystal self experience. It's just not happening anywhere else. Mm. So. Wow. Okay. It's I love this. for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I love the, I have that within me of like this, this aggressive search for, I wouldn't say the correct one, but just like, how can we go deeper more and like learning about different oh. systems? Yeah. I, like it's, it's that hunger in me, I suppose. Um, well, how did you, uh, how did you find your way to the gene keys in human design? Hmm. Well, those are two different stories. Uh, I found my way to human design first, and it's, it's more fair to say that human design found its way to me. At the time, I was very heavily focused on uh, the Myers-Briggs profiling system. That's what was really speaking to me. And I was learning about myself. I'm an INFJ for those of you MBTI nerds out there. Uh, that's where I was focused. And a friend of mine who knew I was very excited about this sort of thing I was visiting her in Sedona, Arizona at the time. And she gives me this book. It's like the human design book. And, and first of all, I immediately loved it because that book has presence. It's printed on beautiful pages, glossy pages. It's got weight. It's large. It's beautiful. And so I hadn't even opened it. I was already like, oh man, plus the, the image on it, it just looks technical and interesting. And sure enough, it was. And human design kind of sucked me right in like this. The problem with human design, I put problem in quotation marks here. It's, you know, it's not actually a problem, but it's so dense. There is a lot of information here. And, and even that book, which for people like you and I, who are, have actually kind of dug a bit deeper into the system, realize that the book for all of its information is only scratching the surface. So what happened to me over the, a period of several years is I would I met human design first and I got so excited that I, I took in so much that I kind of became like ill with the amount of information, you know, it was just too much. And so I'd set it aside and then it would find me a couple years later and I'd be like, and then I dig, dig, dig. And it was too much. I'd let it go. This happened three or four times before I was finally ready to really meet and study the system as what was at the time, a full-time course of self-discovery. That's, I love the way that you describe that. Um, because one of the things that I have loved about exploring, I'll say like diet, for example, through human design is just this reframe of like, everything is energy, right? And so how, how do you best absorb energy? Like what's going to be optimal for you and, and relating to different energies around you. And 
it's, you know, how I digest food is the same is parallel to how I digest information. And with a lot of my chronic health issues, like I realized so much of it was stuck energy. Uh, and I was, you know, saying it was all like thinking it was all food related or like physical toxins. And so I love the way you describe that as like taking in too much information. I mean, that's, that could be like taking in too much of anything that feels more like physical, but it's all still energy. And then it literally gave you symptoms. Yeah, that's correct. It's too much. Mm -hmm. And how do you, how did you know that was what it was? Good question. I can't say that I knew how I knew. I just, I just knew. You just knew. But, but this is something I, I learned about myself later on as I discovered, for instance, the function of a self-projected type. There is this, this ultimately it's a, an awareness arising from the soul that just kind of just like almost burps out of me. And there's this, this automatic knowing, and it's very different from how other people might come to understanding or that place of knowing within. And I've moved on this knowing my whole life. Often I'll refer to it as a pillar down to bedrock. It's like, it's like I'm skirting around on the surface of things until bam, there it is. Now I know whether it's now I know to move from Ohio to Arizona. And I, and I hear that on a Sunday and I'm on my way by Thursday, even though I don't have a job or anywhere to live or whether it's I'm, I'm gobble, gobble, gobble human design and it's everything and it's everything. And then it's like no more. And then I set it aside, right? That knowing has always made itself apparent to me. Mm, love that. Sorry if that's not helpful for those of you looking for like the answer. It's a pretty personal process. I, I think it is really helpful. I think it, I think it's, you know, it all comes back to trusting your knowing and we make it a lot more complicated because uh, we move up here. Right. Now we're talking. <laughs> so, well, how, and then how did you, or how did the gene keys find you? What led to that? The gene keys initially presented themselves to me through a human design community. And at the time I was fully focused on a full-time study of human design. I had actually quit my, I hadn't, I didn't have a job at that point. I had a business called draft my story and um, it was a copywriting business. I closed my business and dedicated myself full-time to the study of human design. At that time I was focused on studying only the original materials. So I, I knew there were a lot of voices out there. I wanted to hear it straight from the source. And so um, because of that, when the gene keys showed up and I, and I knew it wasn't, you know, raw speaking, I said, no, that's not, that's not quite for me. Plus I was already surrounded by books and the gene keys is a, you know, big old honking book. And I was like, that's the last thing I need right now. <laughs> and, uh, it took another two years after that point before the gene keys reintroduced themselves to me and it felt different. Um, there's a way that books in particular have of calling to me. And when that happens, then they become unavoidable. And at that time, when it happened, I hadn't even read the book yet, but I, I, I sensed the importance of it. And I was really, really lucky that at that exact time, Richard Rudd, the author of The Gene Keys, was offering a special edition of his book in, a, in a, this gorgeous gray hardcover with gold foil graphics and um, a handwritten thank you note from him. And I was like, I'm taking that one. And so now I have one of these very few special copies and it's all marked up. I mean, I did not baby this thing. It's my copy. Yeah. What, what is, what are your primary senses? Well, that's a big question. Are you referring to my primary senses within the context of dietary regimen? Yeah. Okay. So the first is smell 
And the second is feeling hmm. to say that I have a nose for things. And you're kind of getting a sense of that, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just like the way you talk about the books, uh, right? Yeah. And I, I'm like that too, with, with things, mine are, you know, touch and feeling Yeah, um, touch is a big one for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just curious, like the way, the way you describe it. Well, that's the thing is, and I had kind of asked you about this before. Um, and for anybody listening, like I had a session with Tim after I was just deep down rabbit holes, uh, around human design and diet, because I just kept hearing from my guides, like that I needed to follow my human design dietary regimen precisely. And that was because I wasn't, that was what was causing some residual issues. And, you know, everybody listening knows I had been, it had been a long time that I've been struggling. And so I was looking up as much as I could find. And there really wasn't that much like that I could, that I could discover. And then I found, um, some different things through you. And I thought, oh my gosh, how does this person know all of this? Like, where, where did, where did you get it from? And I, I asked you when we had a session, I was like, where did you, where did you find this? And I just remember you said something like, oh, I've been like deep down rabbit holes that no one else would find or something like that. You know, um, what, what was that process like? Like, were things just finding you Was information popping out to you? Like, I mean, because the things I've heard you talk about, especially with related to diet and human design, I've never heard anybody else bring up. I thank you so much for asking about this. This is really fun to speak to. So first of all, yes, these things show themselves to you when you're open to seeing them. And that's what happens for me. So yes, I'm looking and yes, it reveals itself to me, right? That for me, the, the search is never an effort. It's, it's an opening. And then life just kind of like starts throwing stuff at me literally into my lap. In this case, that's exactly what happened. So I did not know about this this special uh, application of human design known as primary health system for years into my study. I mean, I was all over the place. I was studying dream. I had even studied the, uh, the other side of this, which is known as rave psychology, but I had never really under, understood or heard about primary health systems. So once I saw it, it was a big deal for me. And initially I actually got readings from a couple of certified analysts and found myself simultaneously inspired and disappointed because I sensed that there was real information here and also experienced that I wasn't receiving that from analysts. So I knew it was time for me to start digging. And I, and I followed a similar course to you, which is where's all the information on this? You know, like I'm good at research and I couldn't find a thing. And then one day a friend of mine out of nowhere decided to gift me the entire course on this study of primary health system, which is enormous because this course is not available through the International School of Human Design without prerequisites. And it's a three-year course. It's very difficult to get this information, even to, to gain access to it. You need to have literally years of qualified training before you're even allowed to learn about this. Well, I've, obviously I had years of training, just not qualified training, because I've always <laughs> done this on my own. I've never been one for certification of any kind. And so my friend happened to have all three years, three semesters per year. So a total of nine books actually in print, she had printed them out and she mailed them to me in trade for like a reading or something. I mean, it was remarkable. So now I'm again, surrounded by books and these books for any of you listening are not normal books. Basically what they are, 
are PDF transcripts of Ra speaking on subjects. Now, Ra is brilliant, was brilliant, but he rambles. He's all over the place. He can't, he can't keep a line of thought for two minutes. So studying this material is extremely difficult because just when you think that you're onto something, he, he's off in the woods, in the weeds rather, somewhere, and, and, and he may or may not ever come back. So the study of these nine books, actually, it was a, a study and a restudy. And eventually I realized the only way I was going to understand them was to take notes and to essentially draft. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. I just sneezed everybody. <laughs> I know. You, you muted yourself. That was, that was real smart. But so essentially what I did was I, I studied, restudied, took my own notes. And as a result of gathering all my own notes, I realized that there was in fact quite a lot more information here than anyone was letting on. And most importantly, the information here was not just about diet. It was about the way that we as energetic beings make use of, take in, metabolize, and, and, effective, and effectively utilize energy of all kind. So that changed everything for me. Now I knew it wasn't just about you know, being really rigid about, about my way of eating so that I could feel healthier. It was about my way of meeting life. It was, it, was a, it was an invitation for me to transform the relationship with which uh, I encountered my own everyday life experience. And that's what changed everything for me. And that's when I realized that it was time for me to share this, um, all this information with as many people as I could, because it, it was more than anyone was letting on. And it wasn't available and I wanted to make it accessible. Quick question. Did you know that you can get text messages from me? I am about to give you my number and all you have to do is send a text so that I have your number and then you will receive regular quick text messages from me with daily downloads from my guides, manifestation tips, and other little messages that will brighten your day. So if you want to text me, here is my number 205-883. 8280. You can opt out anytime, but I don't think you will want to. So again, that number is 205-883-8280. I am so excited to get your text. I have so much to say about this. Why is it so hard to get access? Like, why do they make that so hard to get access to? I can't say. All I can tell you is that my experience of human design as a community has not been my favorite, and I've worked really hard to disconnect myself from any affiliation with it for that reason. Um, it's extremely high value information, um, in, my, in my opinion. Um, as such, I think there's a bit of a, like, a wall around it. And mm. so there's a, a certain sort of elitism that I've found in that direction that I want no personal part of. Uh, thankfully life has offered me like this, you know, gifts of, of avenues that totally circumnavigate that nonsense. Yeah. And so, uh, there is no reason that it should be so closed down. This is, this is very human information, a dietary regimen or primary health system in particular is the sort of thing I wish every parent had for their children. You know, I wish everyone had this information. I agree. I mean, and I, that was curious to learn more about like why, you uh, felt so strongly about it. I know for me, I had, I had told you a little bit about this, but like with all of my chronic health issues for so long and just trying everything, everything under the sun and spending so much time and money and really struggling. And then working as a nutritionist for a while and working with a lot of people who are in the same boat. And you realize like, there's so much more 
um, then we learn in nutrition school or like Eastern medicine, and it's not going to be another supplement or herb or regular diet, right? Like restrictive diet that is going to help. And I think a lot of people just feel really stuck. And I, since exploring, I mean, I don't know nearly as much as, as you or other readers, but going more down the human design path, I just thought, wow, I really wish I had even just a baseline of this information when I was working as a nutritionist, because I think it would help so many people who just feel stuck. And I really believe that, especially in the next few years, and as our bodies shift, that's going to be really the only way we can relate to food. I just don't think that the way we've been doing it is going to work anymore. And I, I really think this is part of why we're seeing a lot of autoimmune pop up. Um, much more often. And a lot of people having more, more health issues because like the old systems just aren't working, you know? And I think about like the cold thirst, I would never have eaten the way that I eat now had I not uncovered this information. Yeah. I mean, there are two ways to get at this. The first is through a system like human design. This is the hard way. The other way is to reestablish such a profound and direct connection with the wisdom of our own individual bodies that there's no question about what is correct and what is not correct for the body. But that is something that is, in fact, practically speaking, the harder avenue for most modern human beings, because we've been so fully disembodied, so fully disconnected from that awareness that it feels like an impossible an impossible course. And so you or I might say, man, I'd never have found my way to this without human design. That depends. It's probably yeah. true. But if we were, in fact, effective human beings, we'd be doing this automatically. Mm. Yeah. I already know this information. It's only, it's only our minds that are catching up. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I mean, I think, well, it's like how I found it was, I mean, I'm pretty, I like to think I'm pretty tapped in as <laughs> what I do. Uh, and my intuition is very clearly, it's your human design chart. It's a human design chart, right? So I found it through my intuition, but it was, yeah, it counts because our bodies lead us like mm -hmm. that, that part of us leads us, but also be aware that there is, there is a distinction between being tapped in or connected to a spiritual understanding, a spiritual mm -hmm. awareness, even spiritual frequencies, and actually having the capacity to listen in to the mm -hmm. signaling systems and the deep wisdom of your own body. I do believe that these are distinct. Our bodies are like, are like ancient trees rooted in extremely fertile soil. And that soil is the soul. Mm -hmm. And that soul has a deep, deep wisdom that is in fact distinct and individual. And in, in uh, it's distinct from other spiritual um, you know, teachers and sources and frequencies. So what I'm describing is something that I see as uh, functioning in tandem, I think, with what you're primarily tapped into a lot of the time. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, you've also I imagine developed quite a powerful connection with that deeper awareness in you as well. But for our listeners, I want to make clear that meditating and connecting to spiritual energies is not in fact the same as what I'm referring to. I'm talking about growing deep, deep roots into the soil of our mm -hmm. own soul awareness. Yeah. I mean, I think it's different. Like, like when you're meditating, like where are you tuning into? Right. Cause I can go into my body and pull out the wisdom from my body, or I can go, I mean, it's not really, it's not outside, right? Like there, there are different frequencies right. essentially, right. That we're tapping into. But what I think is interesting off that topic is something we talked about, like with my type, 
you had kind of mentioned that you see, you've seen with a lot of clients that a lot of people who are hot thirst tend to gravitate toward cold things. And then a lot of cold thirst people just tend to gravitate toward hot things. Right. So why is it that it's, it, it's opposite like that? Social programming. And the way that the mind in particular, or the ego, there are all these different words we have to describe this part of us that is so easily swayed by public opinion, right? Mm. So in human design, this is known as conditioning. And the idea is essentially that conditioning swings the pendulum to the full opposite end of what is appropriate for any given one of us. We literally do end up 180 degrees apart from what is natural for us. And it's remarkable in a case like yours, that color three digestive process, which is either hot or cold, it's one of the most like apparent uh, areas to see like, oh my goodness, this, this really is exactly the opposite. People who need cold are, are drawn to hot. That is not, that is not a, 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 it's hard to distinguish this at first, by the way, but it is not a, a body led decision. It's actually a programmed habitual response or reaction to variables that we're generally unaware of. So once these things, once these programs, and you know this, so sorry for preaching to the choir here, but once these programs uh, imprint themselves on our subconscious, it feels like the natural thing to do. But there is an extremely powerful distinction between what's natural with a small n, what feels natural with a small n, and what is natural with a capital N. And I believe that the entire human journey, the first half of this human journey, for those of us who are connected to all of this, is essentially to remember ourselves to turn away from what feels natural and remember what is natural. And only after that point can we begin to blossom into something really, really beautiful. Only after that point are we done regurgitating and actually capable of inventing. Yeah, I, I kind of want to push a little bit back on that because I have found in, like with digestive type, like with, with conditioning around it, I have found that a lot of times when, when people I know find out, they're like, oh yeah, I used to eat like that when I was a kid, right? Like I was drawn to that. Or like, there's this deep thing within me that's, that is drawn to that, but I don't know. I just go along with, I'm eating out with friends, whatever. I feel like with, with the hot, cold thing, it, I don't think it's social conditioning to be like, if you like things hot or cold, you know, to, to me, I don't think that would have really affected, um, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, you'd, be, you'd be surprised. Think of it this way. You're cold, right? Mm-hmm. As, a, as an infant, you were probably mm -hmm. drinking warm milk and there was no alternative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's your social conditioning. And Ra actually speaks mm -hmm. to that as, an, as a specific example. He says that there, I mean, his way of speaking tends to be fairly mm -hmm. pessimistic and dramatic. Mm -hmm. But he said, there's, there's no way to avoid conditioning. So um, then what would that look like for the hot thirst person? I don't know. I'm not one of them. <laughs> Yeah. You know, what I do know is that my brother is a hot thirst. Mm -hmm. And when he and I were having this conversation, I was telling him about how this works while I was helping him to understand how his digestive system um, needs to regulate temperature. Mm -hmm. He is supposed to take in hot or, or uh, foods and beverages above his body temperature. And he goes, hang on, Tim. And he goes into the kitchen, comes back with a big old glass of Dr. Pepper and ice. <laughs> They're drinking that. And then when he was done with that, I kid you not, he has to pause again and came back with a bowl of ice cream. So it happens on both sides. And this is when the information was like in his face. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's something goofy that happens there. And, and again, keep in mind that though your level, so to speak, of digestive process is the one where it's most apparent, easiest to see. It's something that I've just seen over and over again, regardless of 
which digestive process is playing out. And it's not, it's not a detriment per se. I think all of these things happen in order to teach us. So in this case, being fully dis, uh, disconnected from what is your natural way is an invitation to return to your natural way. Uh, any version of discomfort, all of the chronic uh, discomforts that you were experiencing, that I was experiencing, all of those were invitations. It's, it's the way that the body says, now that you're conscious, now that you're an adult, now that you're paying attention, pay attention to me because I'm yeah. going to show you something. Yeah. So what, what, when you first found out um, this information for yourself, what did it look like for you when you started experimenting with it? Well, first I saw this video very briefly introducing the different digestive types. And I've always been a foodie. I love food. I love food as presentation. I love the flavors. I'm such a connoisseur. And I, I was actually, I used to be a, a Yelp reviewer. I was like in the, the elite, you know, of the Yelp reviewers. And <laughs> so I'm all about that. And I remember listening to all this and I was like, Ooh, that's a cool one. That's a cool. one. I literally said the only one, the only one I hope I'm not is that first one, because that sounds horrible. One ingredient at a time would ruin my life. <laughs> well, sure enough. <laughs> And there again, there's the condition, right? Full opposite is the one thing, just please not that one. Sure enough, that was me. And I was committed enough to the experiment at this point that I was like, well, I don't like it. Not one bit. I actually, when I truly learned that that was me, there was a period of a few days where I was, I was genuinely grieving because I was like, I'm going to have to close myself to many of the things that, that beautify my experience in order to test the validity, the validity of this. And I don't really want to, and I also need to, like I knew it. So when I began my experiment, it was, um, it was rigid. There was, uh, I squeezed the parameters so tight that it was like for this period of time, one week was the intention for this period of time, I will do this perfectly. We're going to see if this really works. And all I can tell you is that it absolutely did. After more than a decade of very serious digestive discomforts, my chronic discomfort was digestive. I into doctors. I had tried everything very much like your story. Within the first two days, clear. I mean, it was it was so quick. My body responded so quickly to this that I, I couldn't believe it. And the response in this case, the uh, the first and the third digestive types are the quickest to transform. And that transformation. So I'm a one, and you're a three. So we're both in this category. The transformation tends to be fairly dramatic. Okay. In some cases, like in mine, that transformation immediately begins to show muscle tone regardless of whether a person is exercising. And so for the first time in my life after, again, a whole life of working really hard to put on muscle and to see six pack abs and all this stuff, my whole body is like, just, going, whoop, just like tightened up and um, my facial structure changed. I mean, I, it was profound on top of all of those apparent physical uh, distinctions internally, I felt better and I could think more clearly. Uh, my initial experiment ended up lasting three weeks. The primary challenge for me as a single ingredient only type uh, was actually not so much about like um, resolving to the course that I had set, but rather it was practical. Like, well, what are single ingredient things that I can eat? And you'd be surprised how very few items there are that are actually only one ingredient. But after the course of three weeks, I decided to, to break fast, so to speak, and see what I noticed, right? And I, I did that with uh, General So's and Chinese food. Oh man, I had barely gotten that first piece of chicken in my mouth before I could feel like there was this fist clamping around the, um, my brainstem. 
it was a very powerful, immediate and physical response. My body saying, ew, <laughs> even though my, my mouth and my memory and all of these, you know, uh, habitualized response systems, like, oh, yum, I love that smell. I want that taste. My body was like, mm -mm, you know what works now. It was a very, very powerful experience for me. So uh, do you still eat all single ingredient meals or how do you, how do you uh, like apply it now? The application has loosened significantly since I spent years in this kind of like diaphragm of like perfect open, perfect opening. Um, and these days, what I do is I make sure that I have plenty of single ingredient foods that I take in throughout the day. And if I'm called to or excited to eat anything or drink anything different, um, then I will. The reason that I believe this works for me, at least for now, is because I understand how to uh, provide for my body on a nutritional level. And so I'm able to take in all this good quality nutrition that my body is able to make effective use of. And all of these other foods that don't necessarily fit that, they're nourishing me on a different level, whether it's comfort or enjoyment or relationship. I'm sitting with another person and we're enjoying a meal. Those also qualify as nourishment, but I won't expect those foods to metabolically nourish my body. Gotcha. So a question that um, somebody had sent in was about... So we're like the, the idea behind this is we are relating to food differently, right? It's like, how, how are we best, how does, how do we best uh, take in nutrients, energy uh, to absorb them? And somebody was asking, so if I'm following my digestive type, like, let's say it, it's, well, I guess it would, it would be harder to apply this to single ingredient, but let's say uh, I'm following my digestive type. Does this food quality matter as much, right? A lot of my audience, they're already, they're eating like a whole foods based diet, whatever that looks like, whatever, whatever version of that it is, but it's all most like whole foods, not processed. And so people are asking, so if I'm following this though, um, like let's, for me, let's say I'm like, it's a bunch of cold liquids, but I'm, I'm having like ice cream. I'm having like, <laughs> you know, like, like that kind of stuff again and again, does, does the digestive type override, uh, like quality, I guess. You see what I'm saying? I do. Mm -hmm. That was one of my questions too, mm -hmm. especially because Ra once said, and it's cracked me up and it really kind of threw me for a loop for some time. He said that, and this is like a direct quote. He said that you could eat roadkill provided that it was, it was in your um, digestive type and you'd be able to make metabolic use of that food. Right. Mm. Now I took him literally for a long time and I tested that for some time as well. I didn't test, I didn't eat roadkill. Yeah. I, I essentially played out what you just described to see if quality makes a difference. And the answer is yes. Now, uh, Ra would do this often, the kind of like tongue in cheek kind of comments that was kind of his way. So thankfully over time, we're like, oh, okay, that's what he was doing. It wasn't in fact literal, but he was pointing at something that I believe to be valid, which is that once you truly understand what it is that your body needs, how it is that your body receives nourishment, uh, you have so much more freedom, so much more choice in nourishing yourself on that level. I found that quality matters to an extreme degree mm -hmm. and that everything that we've learned about food come, uh, essentially marries this information, uh, that we identify through primary health system or dietary regimen. It's mm -hmm. all true. So those people who are already aligned with a very high quality diet, 
there's a way to plug that information. Everything you've learned about nutrients, everything you've learned about the energy in the food, everything you've learned about uh, whether that energy, by the way, is um, a result of its processing or manufacturing, like organic versus inorganic, or the energy of the, the source it comes from, the farm, the people, all of these things. All of that matters, but it's going to matter more to some people than others. And the question of whether or not to eat meat is also something that we can learn about based on human design. It is appropriate and uh, let's say it's an appropriate possibility, a true potential for some people and totally not for others. And some meats work and some meats don't. And so these questions that we're asking about food are smart questions. What human design does is it gives us a framework within which to understand and make individual use of those questions and our relationship to them. Yeah. Okay. I, because there's just so much that um, you covered in our session, for example, like so many angles to look at this from that really, really helped me. And I, I, I want to get into kind of like some of these different aspects that you look at beyond just the type. But before we do that, um, just in case anybody isn't familiar, and I don't, we don't need to go deep into all the different types because I've touched on that before, but can you just give an overview of just like the names of each in the general, just so people can get an idea of what we're talking about with digestive type. Yeah, gladly. So there are six different digestive processes. Each one of these six processes has what is known as a binary, two different ways that it can express. For now, let's look at the six different processes. These processes move in an evolutionary pattern, which is to say that when we begin with color one, one of six, this is the the least evolved, the most primitive in terms of its function. Very important to put a point on that. We're not talking about one being better than another. We're really speaking in terms of function here. And so the color one is known as the appetite digestive process or the caveman digestive process. And this is about taking in one thing at a time. Plenty, plenty to discuss on that, but we should move on. Um, one thing at a time. Color two. Color two is a specialized digestive process. This is often jokingly referred to as a picketarian. These people are designed to be picky and their personal preferences actually guide them to those very specific food sources that are correct for them. They'll often have what is known as a desert island list of foods, a very, very small list of foods that are always going to be a yes for them. Most foods are going to be disqualified. And that's totally personal, which makes that one really, really unique. If you have a color two digestive type, there's nothing I or anyone else can tell you about what your list looks like. All we can do is help you to begin understanding how to identify that list for yourself, right? So that's a very personal process. Color three, the third level is yours. And this has to do with heat, temperature. Uh, your digestive process is either generating too much heat and so needs to be regulated through cold foods, or it's not generating enough heat, uh, enough heat not feet. And so needs to be regulated by uh, hot foods. Color four is, this is known as a touch type. It's actually, it's about the environment. So the first three levels are very specific. They're very like internal. Uh, they're about your relationship to the food itself. But when we get to the fourth, fifth, and sixth levels, there's a sophistication that begins to build into the digestive process as your, di your metabolic process actually incorporates more information. Now it's not just about what's on the plate in front of you and its temperature, it's about the room you're in. And so color four is very much about the, uh, the quality of energy in the room around you, whether it's calm or nervous, it's remarkable. 
And so we begin to get a sense for ourselves is so much more than what we can see bound by skin, right? We reach out to extend beyond that. We are big bubbles of energy and we're engaging with information, a lot more information than we could ever begin to calculate. So that's, that's color four. Color five is about sound. So now where color four was focused on the, the general energy or, or um, aura of the space around you, color five is about the acoustic quality of the space around you. And so you're either going to need uh, what is known as high, uh, high sound or low sound. And, and again, that's another discussion to understand what that means, whether it's dealing with volume or frequency, but it's about the acoustic frequency of the space around you. And you can see that the subtlety of information, energetic information that the body is engaging with here is becoming more and more refined until we arrive at the sixth level, color six, which is dealing with the light band, light frequency band. So this is a body that is going to be, it's the most sensitive, the most sophisticated in terms of uh, the way that it is being impacted by the information in the space around it. So the difference between that person and me, for instance, is dramatic. You know, my body is sensitive, but it's, it's focused in terms of what it's sensitive to. Whereas someone who's a sixth level body type, their sensitivity is diffused. They're taking in information on such a subtle level that they're probably not consciously aware of what's happening, but they are absolutely going to be physically aware of it because their body more than any other is kind of going to be shut down when those frequencies are not aligned. So that person is either going to benefit from being under a direct source of light, ideally the sun, or they're going to benefit from not being under a direct source of light, from having disconnection from a direct light source. So again, there's a lot of detail to go into on each of these, but that's the, you know, that's the summary on the six types. Yeah, that's super helpful. And yeah, I know there's a lot to go into, but I think that gives people an idea. And I'm just curious, um, is there information about, like, is it in terms of the population, are those types evenly distributed or are there some types that are more common than others? I've actually found them to be surprisingly well distributed. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So question. I, I like the question. Yeah. I, I, I want you to share a little bit more about, so it, this information is all going to be dependent on the individual, but we went into so much more than just that. That was kind of like, I mean, almost the least talked about right, <laughs> in right. the session. So what is, what are some of the other information, the other things um, that you look at that's available to us? Um, that also gives us some information about, you know, how we best relate to energy. Cause we looked into senses and right. uh, there's something with my skin and then macronutrients. So what else is available to us? Okay. So this is a part of what really disappointed me with the certified analyses that I paid for and experienced myself. There was this heavy emphasis on the digestive process. They referred to it as color not even digestive process. Really the way that I speak about this, the way that I present it is um, it's very intentional. I'm, I'm careful with my words because I want to speak to the human. I don't want to speak to the, the mind. I want to speak to the experience, right? So I found that there's a lot of emphasis placed on the color, the digestive process, and that's about it. But the thing is, we are not just that. No one of us is just that thing. We are remarkably complex holisms. There's an awful lot of things happening. And so my form of analysis is very different from what would be a certified analysis in that it expands the scope. It incorporates more of the person, right? So uh, when we met, we actually began with what might be more general or 
um, surface level aspects of your human design. And we began to consider how, in your case, a generator might relate to food. And we can begin to learn about the relationship that's developing here based on your type. And we can learn more about the relationship that's developing here based on your inner authority. And we can learn more about the relationship that's developing here based on your profile. And that's where we begin. All of that is like timified version of uh, primary health system analysis. But what it does is it sets this umbrella framework that contains all the information that we're going to go into the significantly more um, technical and specific information that we go into beneath that surface. That's where we start. And I, I fully believe that that is far more important than anyone knows. It's a part of what makes it personal. Right. And so once we have set the umbrella context, then we can look at the digestive process, understanding that this process, as I mentioned earlier, is just a frame. It's just a frame within which to hold all the information that we're gathering from all these different sources on the subject of food and food quality, on the subject of your human design. It's all coming together within this framework, which is set by the digestive process. But that digestive process is fueled by something deeper still which is what I refer to as your superpower sensor. In human design, this is known as your tone. So you have the color level, and then beneath that, fueling and, and informing that is the tone. And the tonal level of your human design is actually sometimes referred to as the uh, architecture of your design. Okay, The tonal level is how the body directly receives information from the world outside of it. So I'll get technical here because it's fun and I think you'll appreciate it. Human design sees every person as a constellation of countless crystals, literal crystals, right? So we are, we are crystals and our, our disparate crystals are actually held together by primary crystals. They're known as prime crystals actually, right? Now information comes into the body as imagine light moving into a prism, right? In this case, we're using light only as a metaphor. In reality, it's many very variations of energy, right? So when light passes into a prism, it, it touches the prism, and then it refracts, and then it shoots out the prism in all different colors on the other side, right? Well, this is how energy moves through the crystal of us as well. And so you have energy moving in, coming into contact. Uh, that point at which it comes into contact is known as the base, this is the beginning point. So base is actually below and before tone. So, so energy moves into the crystal, makes contact, and then it moves through the medium of the crystal. In doing so, it's changed, right? That refraction actually changes the format and the expression of that energy. That movement, that medium, that, that center of the crystal is tone. That's why it's referred to as the architecture. Your tone and all the different tones that make up who you are actually establish the specific flavor of you. And it, and that flavor is what changes anything that comes into contact with you. When it emerges from the other side, that is what is known as color, right? So it's extremely important that we learn about tone. And I never did in any of my paid analyses. That's remarkable to me. I, I think I told you that if we stripped away all the other information that we looked at and, and all you had to run with was this single piece of information, your superpower sensors that I, I sincerely believed that would be enough to guide you into, you know, the rest of your life. Right. And I believe it. So there are six primary um, sensors and are six tones and they are smell, taste, mm -mm, outer vision, inner vision, feeling, and touch. 
And each one of us within this context of primary health system or dietary regimen is going to identify not only one, but two primary sensory relationships that actually determine the way in which we receive information. And so yours are feeling and touch, and we've already kind of touched on how important uh, texture and temperature and these, these environmental elements are uh, for you. And, and it extends beyond that even just for anyone listening who may have that, that sixth tone of touch. It's not just about what you can physically touch. It's about quite a bit more than that. It's about how you are touched by an idea or a conversation or a space. It's about a feeling. So touch is rooted in feeling, especially for you when you have touch and feeling working together. And for me, smell and feeling, I'm going to take deep breaths in through my nose. And the information that I gather through my nose may or may not uh, have an olfactory response. In other words, it may or may not smell good or bad, but that information is going to instigate a feeling response that allows me to recognize whether this space or this idea or this person is, in fact, correct for me in this moment. Have you ever smelled something that like smelled bad, but your body was said yes to it? See what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess there are certain foods that are like that, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, like cheese might be an example. Of this, yeah. Right. Um, and this is going to be a, that's interesting. That what's funny about that is that the bad smell, it doesn't, it doesn't feel bad. Right. Mm, yeah. So it's like objectively bad, but subjectively yum. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like how, I mean, I really like, everybody always jokes that I just eat dirt. <laughs> like, I think it tastes good. Like I like very bitter, just like powders, mushroom blends, you know, and it's very bitter, but I'm like, objectively, I could see how it tastes like dirt. <laughs> but to me, I like how it tastes. <laughs> well, you your palate has, has refined itself to accommodate what works for you. And this is something that's going to happen for anyone who's pursuing this as a course of study, who's experimenting with this, you will find absolutely that no matter how you've been eating, your palate will change. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's a really cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so we have tone and then we have, um, I think this, this red meat channel was very interesting. And then these like macronutrient highlights, can you share a bit more about that? That's right. Good. Thank you. Um, so there are, uh, just a couple of other, um, details that I'll cover in an analysis. And, uh, you've mentioned two of them. First, we want to look at meat and there are two channels in your human design that determine whether or not you should eat meat. Uh, one of these channels is actually a general channel, which, um, remains true for all humans. So, uh, all human beings at our current point of evolution are capable of making metabolic, effective metabolic use of three types of meat, regardless of what's happening in your human design. These types of meat are uh, fish, fowl, and reptile. So fish, um, birds, or poultry, and reptile. It's kind of interesting. You can kind of sense the evolutionary placement of that, right? It's pretty old. Now, there's a separate channel that only counts for you if it's defined. So if you have this full channel defined, then your stomach actually has a design capable of making effective metabolic use of the meat of other mammals. So it's not actually not just red meat, it's the meat of any other mammals. There's significantly more nutritional complexity in that meat. Only some people are capable of making use of that. That isn't to say that if you don't have that channel defined, you won't love a good steak. It is to say that your body will only be able to make effective uh, metabolic use of that food if that channel is defined, or if you're eating with people who have that channel defined. 
Ah, there we go. <laughs> just gotta right. sit next to somebody else who can make use of meat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, just have really good friends with that channel. You know. Yeah. That's but good to know. Is, it takes us four to six hours to digest most foods, so you're gonna have to hang out for a while. Yeah, that's true. A whole, a whole day, a long, no, a long date. <laughs> there you yeah, go. That's right. So that's meat, and then the macronutrients. So. There are three channels in human design, which indicate, and this is all they do. There's, there's literally no information about this, just keynotes that indicate whether you are the sort of person who's going to have a special relationship with um, either protein in the one channel, sugar in the other channel, or fats and carbohydrates in the other. And sugar is what kind of sugar? It's <laughs> a great question. I think it comes back to our discussion on the topic of quality. Our bodies are going to, um, they're going to embrace nature, right? This is something that we have, we've learned scientifically. And I think also um, for many of us subjectively to be true, that these processed chemical ridden uh, ingredients are not doing any good for anyone. So when we're looking at sugar, I would personally, if you have that uh, definition in that channel, I would recommend that you focus on those sources of sugar that are like a, a good, healthy fit for your body. They're always going to be in some way connected to whole food. Mm, okay. I, I've learned through my experience in my study that, and my observation as well, that whole foods are where it's at. You basically plug everything we've learned about whole foods um, with or without meat. Um, that's an individual concern, but whole foods, real food, living food, um, that is the primary like source of life, source of energy, um, source of nutrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just, there's so much to dive into. And I think also, I mean, for, just baseline for anybody listening without even diving deeper into it, like knowing your, like your authority, I think is really helpful. Just starting there, you know, for me, just like tuning into my sacral when I'm in, giving myself options uh, in itself is really helpful. And I'm wondering if for like the different energy types overall, are there themes that you, that you notice maybe? Cause I think a lot of people listening probably know at least that about themselves. Uh, you're, you're talking about on the topic of eating in particular. Yeah. On eating with like generators versus a projector reflector. Hmm. There, there's actually a, a whole, as you saw in your, uh, in the document, there's kind of like a list of keynotes that I like to run through on the topic of each, um, each type. I'm wondering if it might be possible to make that available to people. That could be kind of fun. Um, rather than trying to skim it now. I mean, I'd be, yeah, share my notes. Yeah. Let's yeah. We can figure out how, if you want to do that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, why don't, why don't we do that rather than trying to squeeze it, squeeze it in. If this is the primary information that most people have, then I think it could be really useful. Um, there's also, there is a book actually that is available and it was written by Richard Rudd back when he was before the Gene Keys, back when he was very heavily involved in human design. And it's called the A to D of you. This is actually a really uh, useful resource, tiny little piece. Uh, he actually was going uh, to do A through Z and only got as far as D and never finished, which is a real bummer because it's gorgeous. And mm -hmm. in this, in this little book, he actually speaks to this question as well. Um, so, and this is available already for free online. So I feel really comfortable sharing it in a, like a public context. So that's something else I'd like to make available and you and I can work together on how we do that. Yeah, totally. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll 
we'll sort it out and then I'll put it in the <laughs> intro and show notes, how they can access all of that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I think this is just really valuable information. Um, especially my community, like, you know, cause I come from the, the health space originally. And, uh, a lot of people I know are very interested in that. And it was such a key thing for me in my journey. And I, I want to talk about, um, well, going back to tone, Yes. is this what, is this what like led to the forgotten sense? Is that, is that connected or is that diff- different? No, there's, there are definite connections here. Um, thank you for asking as well. Um, the body keys and the forgotten sense are, are definitely topics I'd like to address even in brief within, you know, within this context of our Please talk. Do. Right? Okay. The forgotten sense predates human design, my study of human design by um, a few years. Uh, the forgotten sense is what underlies, supports, and ultimately informs everything we learn about in human design. A large part of the reason why I'm going to be taking big steps back from human design and rededicating my attention to the forgotten sense as the very hub of all of my services, all of my work, is because it is the it is the critical point of human experience, which is something I've been looking at for a long time. The idea of a critical point comes from systems thinking. In any system, there's going to be one, one point in the system where any change affects the whole system. And this actually came from locomotives back in the day. You had this enormous mammoth of a, of a mechanism, and there would be one bolt that if you, that if you remove, it shuts everything down, right? That's the critical point of this extremely complex mechanism. And this is true in nature. It's true of our biosystems as well. It's also true of our experience, right? Of our holistic experience. And so for my entire adult life, I've been seeking the critical point of human experience and the forgotten sense is that critical point. So I will actually spend, honestly, I will be spending no time doing readings anymore Mm. um, because my work, my deep work is not to tell people about themselves, but like, I don't want to give people fish. I want to teach them how to fish. And, and that place is found in the forgotten sense. The forgotten sense supports all of the other senses. It is, in fact, our sixth sense. And in the program, I actually, I show how that works, um, technically speaking. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a whole model uh, that changes everything. So it okay. also supports uh, the work that your book uh, speaks to. So the forgotten sense has many, many different layers of application. It it applies to every aspect of our human experience, which is why I've broken it into three levels. The first level is purely educational. It's about designing the model. We're developing the model itself. In level two, we're applying the model in three primary uh, areas. We're applying the model in relationship, we're applying the model in decision-making, and we're applying the model in contribution, which could be your work or your uh, creative expression. Level three, shows how the forgotten sense actually uh, supports and um, it is the very mechanism of manifestation. That's what I'm trying to say. The forgotten sense is the very mechanism of manifestation and it, it shows us how it is that we both radiate and receive. Mm. So it speaks to that magnetic quality of being, which is in fact what we refer to as the law of attraction. The forgotten sense is the most important thing I've ever done. Crystal self is the most exciting and adventurous thing I've ever created, but you will hear me talking about the forgotten sense till I die, right? Because it's what my entire life is rooted in. And ultimately what that model, that information allows for is the practice of wayfinding, which is the single practice to which I am committed. 
Um, my buddy often refers to me as a samurai, and the samurai were really well known for devoting themselves to a, a discipline. My discipline is wayfinding, and wayfinding is access through the forgotten sense. So, forgotten sense is completely distinct from human design. It does not utilize mm-hmm. human design at all. It's it's purely purely human. Mm. Now, yeah, yeah, it's exciting, right? Even just yeah. hearing, oh, there's something there. Now, the body keys actually do utilize human design. And, and this is why earlier when you asked what my, my senses are, I was like, where, like, what are we talking about? Because the body keys reconnects us to our sensory relationship with life in a whole new way. Uh, the body keys is actually about understanding how it is that your body naturally arrives at or returns to its natural state of elegant composure. We spend most of our experience, and this is also a result, uh, our chronic pain is a result of this fact. We spend most of our modern experience in tension, tight. And so all of our bodies have these keys that unlock tension. And your unique keys, this is actually something I don't believe you've experienced yet. I'd love to, I'd love to share this with you at some point. But each of us has these specific keys that unlock tension. And so these keys are rooted in a sensory relationship with life, and they're all embodied. They have nothing to do with the mind. And that information is actually something I derived from human design and from the uh, defined channels in a person's human design. So I craft a profile based on this information and show you which keys support your body's ability to open and relax and reconnect itself to the pulse of life. Wow. I love that. I feel like everyone, everyone really needs that, especially now. It's another one of these things that I'm just like, how can I get this into more hands? The body keys in particular, mm-hmm. it, it completely circumnavigates the mental noise and gives us something to do. Every one mm-hmm. of the seven different body keys is a specific embodied activity that we can engage ourselves in. And in doing so, we return the body to a state of relaxation. And for those people who aren't already aware of this specifically or intuitively, the quality of our state determines the quality of our thoughts, our expression, all of these things. So when we can open and soften and allow the body to regain its rootedness and relaxation, we open to possibility. We literally, again, become open to life. Everything else we're doing in our day-to-day, that, that rapid pace within which we are continually navigating experience, the, the relational tensions and the, the obligations internally and externally, all of these things are, they're closing us up. And when we're closed, we can't feel, we can't touch life. This is actually something I learned from my practice in the martial arts. The only way that you can effectively adapt to or respond to any input, whether it's aggressive, like in the case of martial arts or even conversational, is when you're soft, open, relaxed, loose. Otherwise, you have no access to the information. It's subtle information. You need to be relaxed in order to touch it. I mean, 100%. That's something that, I mean, for, for the body to heal, right? For me, yeah. I mean, one of the most co- common questions I get asked is about channeling, is about being intuitive and people want like exercises to do. And at, at its core, it is surrendering. It is relaxing. It's just, it's being fully in receiving. Like you don't have to push or look or pull. It's just, you you release attention fully and and- um, you know, I think there are a number of things that block us from that. Um, it, you know, it could be, it could be trauma, it could just be conditioning, um, 
So I feel like that opens up so much in your life. And I find it, you know, it's sad that it's, it's so difficult for so many of us, right? Well, it's difficult at first because we're not aware of it. Yeah. We, I mean, it's just kind of how we do life. Um, but unfortunately, as we do life like that for long enough, our systems start to shut down. Luckily for someone like yourself or myself, that happened early on, early enough that we were able to like start to organize ourselves around it in a, in a beneficial way. But for a lot of people, they don't even pick up on this till they're many of the people I work with are in their fifties their sixties or seventies. And they're kind of like wiping the slate clean. Yeah. And so it, it is about that. And by the way, the body keys does illuminate not only your seven body keys. Well, sorry, you may have one or several of the seven body keys, right? Not all of us has all seven. Um, so it illuminates not only the body keys, but it illuminates the stuckness patterns that are going to be most prominent in your experience. And each body key serves to soothe a specific pattern of stuckness. And when this happens and we relax and we open, what naturally emerges are our gifts. And so that's also mm -hmm. illuminated. Um, and yeah, there's a lot going on in the body keys and it's all, I mean, there's tons of information on my website. So anyone is welcome to visit that too. So are those both like programs you run in, in a group setting or is, or is that individual work? Okay. So the body keys is a, is a like direct package that I deliver one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. Currently it's a digital package. Um, Part of the change that I'll be making in, in my offerings, and it's it's just so fascinating that we meet right now, um, because for years leading up to this point, I've worked um, in a way that is very kind of focused on this a la carte um, one-off experience. People can purchase a mirror session and get their foundational human design reading, or they can purchase a dietary regimen and get that. Um, what I've found is that my energy is is more deserving of kind of on an ongoing relationship because all of this work is not about gathering information. We can do that. There are plenty of voices out there making plenty of noise. There's plenty of information whirring around. That is not what we need. We don't need more information. We need to apply the information that we have in beneficial and effective ways. So my work is to continually, again, bring us down from that headspace into the body space, but that takes time. It's not something we can accomplish in an hour. So I will actually be removing um, all one-off experiences within the next several weeks by March 1st, ideally these one-off experiences will be more or less like sidelined. Um, those people who are interested in a dietary regimen, for instance, as a result of this conversation, like now's the time to get in on that. Cause, mm -hmm. uh, ultimately what it will become is the trifecta package and the trifecta will deliver the, um, the full dietary regimen analysis. It will deliver a mirror session, which is a full hour follow-up call, which we can explore anything at all, dietary regimen or otherwise, um, human design or anything, and also the body keys. So it's actually a really, really high value package uh, because it incorporates all the different things that I'm essentially gonna be eliminating. I'm not eliminating them, I am clustering them so that I have the opportunity to spend more time with each person. I think that's really important. Um, okay. So the body keys is that it's a profile that I built um, and it's a digital delivery system. The forgotten sense is currently offered in a one-on-one -on -one live presentation. Um, that I believe will be changing too. I need a, I need a more uh, like a more efficient way, I think, to deliver these three levels. But for right now, um, it's kind of a special experience because anyone engaging in that is going to get to um, interact with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I am designing group experiences. The crystal self is the first of these original human is coming up and that's going to be another one. Um, and I'm also going to be, I haven't, I haven't branded this quite yet. It's still like, it's in that 
conceptual soup, but it's going to be a membership option where I meet with people twice per month um, in a group setting and we explore direct application of all these ideas, the forgotten sense, original human dietary regimen, human design, but it'll be a wide open territory for um, the, mm, the deeper work hmm. of bringing this stuff down into real life. Wow. All right. Love that. Lots of room to, to play. <laughs> a lot of options. Uh, you, you definitely want to, you want to visit the website right now. And if something calls to you, you want to act on it because it's all going to change really quickly. Like I'm, I'm designing as we speak. <laughs> so, all right. Um, in fact, one other thing I'd love to share, if you don't mind briefly is a product I'm very excited about called mineral allies. Now this has been total surprise to me, but as a result of my research with mystical numerology and the development of the crystal self experience, which by the way, had nothing at all to do with crystals initially, yeah. I've, I've actually, uh, as a result of this research, built a, a database of more than currently well over 600 different types of crystals, stones, meteorites, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I've calculated their numerological frequencies and I can actually map those numerological frequencies to the numerological positions on anyone's blueprint. So mineral allies will be, um, will introduce all the different types of stones or crystals or minerals that correlate to each position on your numerological blueprint. And so you'll understand the context within which they're serving and you'll see which exact stones are a fit for you. And then how do you utilize your stones? Oh my goodness. They're, they're with me as we speak. I have, I have multiple setups. This is my, my most exciting and most recent acquisition. This is an enormous piece of Heliodor. Wow. And Heliodor resonates at a frequency of 32 or five. 32 is its specific frequency. Five is its number or reduced frequency. And that connects to two primary areas in my world. The first of which is my life path. And the second of which is my sole purpose. So I keep Heliodor with me, for instance, in order to instruct, inform, and ultimately support those areas. I've learned a lot about myself from just this one crystal, but there's a bunch more. For instance, this guy, this is Chrysocolla and Malachite. It's a gorgeous piece. Wow. Both of those together. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing a pendant. I'm wearing a bracelet. This is Emerald. Emerald is my single most prominent uh, frequency match. Um, we can't talk about that one because it's actually proprietary to the crystal self, but every one of us has, has one, one position, which I actually found or invented, I guess you could say, uh, that, that shows like the, the most like, beautiful expression of self and, and any minerals we find in that position will change your life. And so that's why I keep Emerald close. Wow. I love this. Okay. I'm sure people are getting really excited. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to dive into. It's a whole journey. It's a whole experience. So uh, can you just, um, let everybody know your website and then where they can connect with you further, any, all the places. Sure thing. Yes. Website is easy. It's my name. It's timothybrainerd.com. When you visit the website, all of these primary experiences that I've been referring to will be right there on the homepage. Um, and then you'll be able to navigate the website from there. There's a ton of content on the website. If you visit and you've got the time and you're feeling led, I invite you to take your time. There are a lot of free resources, a lot of videos, tons of written content, 
there's a lot going on there and more coming. So really give yourself the space to sense into what's happening there and what's calling to you. Use my website as like an opportunity to practice a lot of this kind of sensory relating that we've been discussing today. Um, Instagram, uh, at Timothy Brainerd, you can find me there. Uh, Facebook, reach out to me any way you wish by email, hello at timothybrainerd.com. Amazing. The connection is supposed to be made, we'll make it. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure people uh, are really excited. So we'll put all of that in the show notes. You can um, check there for all the spelling. But this has been so amazing. I mean, I could talk to you forever, but I just really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and sharing all of your insights. And thank you again. This was so fun. Thank you too. This is a, a true privilege. And thank you everyone who's listening. I appreciate your time. I value it highly. Thank you, Christina. Huge thank you to Tim for coming on the podcast and having such an incredible conversation. Don't forget, you can head to the link in the show notes below to get his notes around dietary recommendations for different energy types and human design, as well as some of the other links that were mentioned throughout this podcast. So the link will be in the description below and you can connect further with Tim on his website, timothybrainerd.com and also on Instagram at timothybrainerd. If you did enjoy this episode, be sure to screenshot it and share it to social media and tag me at Christina the channel at Christina the channel pod and tag Tim at Timothy Brainerd so we can say thank you and see that you're listening and repost you. Always appreciate those extra shares. That is going to be it for today's episode. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.